0: Push that like button.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is August the 23rd, 2019. Strong hand, be a unique beast, value your wealth in Bitcoin. Having hype, unconfiscatable, one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. Offended by selling, in motion, five-digit realm. Best guest in the space right here, your home for Bitcoin insider information. We've all got the conviction here. Alex is back. Yeah, Alex Spetsky, he is back from Australia. And we got Anders coming in from California. I am so pumped. We're just going to jump right into this show right now. The big news at the beginning of the week, you've probably have forgotten it by now, people, because you've been inundated with, my God, this week was filled with like nonsense blockchain let's start a blockchain for this country type of news it was like straight out 2016 but there was something uh pretty legitimate at the beginning uh the Bact announced that uh backs uh, bitcoin futures and warehouse to debate to debut in september now we knew it was coming now they've given us a, de- a date anders what do you think about this
0: um well it it, it seems to be uh like uh, definitely all uh, good news i don't think there's anything bad about it. Um, And uh, as I understand it, it does allow institutions to get in, in a way that is secure for them that they couldn't do before. Um, I I guess it has to do with the, um, with the way that the Bitcoin is, is held or uh, being, um, uh, yeah, held in custody in a way that is uh, safe and probably hopefully insured. Um, and if that is the case, uh, it's extremely positive. Um, so uh, it, it's a thing that, I it, but I, I don't personally care too much about it because I, uh, for me, I, I see the, the having, uh, as you were touching upon yourself there in the beginning, that the having hype uh, it is what I believe is, is the strongest uh, Driving force of um, uh, of the price of of Bitcoin, and and um, I, I know you you often Adam say the price is um, is not really important, and, and of course that's we're here for mass adoption, but price does something to mass adoption as well. Um, it, um, it it is what gets people to um, you know they talk about it on CNBC and TV shows and. pay attention and then they want to get some because the FOMO starts. So it it does have a positive effect on adoption. uh, A higher price, also a higher price means that um, uh, the developers basically get funded because some of the developers simply uh, hold Bitcoins themselves. So a higher price means that they don't have to do other things but can focus on developing. And uh, also there's, um, as I kind of see it, as an outsider to the developer community, um, companies like um, Blockstream and others have been founded by people with a lot of Bitcoin, and they can then, you know, in the same situation, because they become more wealthy, the the the, the founders of the company or the companies themselves um, afford to fund Bitcoin development. Um, so uh, so I think price is super important and, and, and going up is is great. And I think having is the main thing that drives it. I think all the work from uh, at 100 trillion USD, I think the quant mathematician in Holland, I believe, um, all the the work he's done there at analyzing the stock to flow. Um, model for for Bitcoin has been extremely um, precise and kind of just have put a lot of um, confirmations uh, to the thoughts that I had earlier and then actually making some things more precise. Um, So uh, yeah, back is great but having is what it's all about.
1: Hey, I I like that attitude right there and I like how you brought up the price in terms of Funding the developers. Of course, I'm still going to say one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. I, I'm offended by selling, of course. But uh, the, the, the having hype obviously will bring up the price. But this backed hype, uh, institutional hype, uh, perhaps brings up the price also. Again, for me, it's all baked into the cake with the back thing. I knew it. We've all known it's going to be coming for a while. And uh, now they give us September. So, Alex, what's your thoughts down in Australia about that?
2: Look, similar to Anders in terms of uh, net effect, uh, I think. Um, th- well, th- there's a couple points I'll touch on. I-, I think first, top of mind is you guys were just talking about price and stuff, and pr- price is inextricably linked. The-, the economic model of Bitcoin is inextricably linked to its security. You know, speculation is a network effect. Um, you know, and the, the the way Bitcoin is designed as this fundamental uh economic monetary system, um, you know, it it it's recursive. You know, the, the stronger the price, the greater the security, the more the incentive, the more people want to get in, you know, the more volatility, the more speculation, etc. And and it's sort of this snowball effect that um that keeps growing. So, you know, you, you can never really um discuss Bitcoin without I, I think what you're sort of getting at um, Adam is people um, people start to, you know, spend their time thinking, spend their time thinking about tea leaves and trying to analyze that shit with respect to price and not understand that the, the fundamental element of price is just this discovery of what this thing is worth. And as that price grows, it's just the reflection of the network becoming stronger and becoming broader, et cetera. Now, you know, Tying that back into BACT, um, you know, how that helps. I mean, I I don't know, like, so so from what I understand, BACT is um, actual physical settled um, futures. So, you know, that's sort of different to what's been proposed in the past or what exists, et cetera. Um, You know, I I have heard people talk about, you know, these ETFs being a form of um, centralization of, you know, the the actual asset itself. Um, So, you know, I I don't know if I've got an opinion there yet because I haven't really spent time looking into it. But you know, if if you think about it logically, if you've got, you know, a hundred billion dollars worth of Bitcoin being held via um some other ETF or or some other instrument that is not actually Bitcoin, um, one could argue that, you know, that that's a um you know that that's some form of centralization in the um in the broader ecosystem. I don't know if that has an effect and you know again Seeing bitcoin's um, progression, nothing moves in a straight line. you know we sort of ebb and flow with you know pockets of the whole Bitcoin ecosystem being a little bit more centralized at times than being less you know centralized, etc. You know we saw that with mining, right mining sort of went through this phase where it felt really centralized and now it's sort of dissipating um, so yeah so I, I don't I don't have a direct opinion. D- do I think it's going to bring you know, more capital into the space. Yes. Um, that's fine. Um, and at the end of the day, I mean this, this whole thing is about, you know, a new monetary economic system, which is inextricably linked to capital coming onto the system. So whatever. Yes. Yeah, I'm
1: long-term happy. thinking, baby. Think about the long-term here. What what's, what's going to happen. This we're just the tip of the iceberg here. All right, everybody remember, check out these guys below their links are below. Uh, pound that freaking like button. All right, Anders, I want to get into a subject matter that also was discussed throughout the week. It seemed like there was a lot of frustration on Twitter from, well, a lot of uh, blowback, I guess. People talking about these crypto funds that diversified into all sorts of altcoins and had people, people were handing over their money to these crypto funds for them to buy them the smart altcoins. And lo and behold, if you just would have held Bitcoin, <laughs> just put it on your trezor, forgot about it. It beat, it beat the altcoins. So, Anders, uh, your thought on the future of altcoins, uh, diversification for the sake of diversification, and uh, Bitcoin dominance.
0: Right. Um, well, like <laughs> I've always said, and you know my opinion, um, since uh, since a few weeks after or one month after I sort of got into Bitcoin, I I realized that the rest was uh, utter crap and you should stay away from it. And that's uh, was actually the reason I started this meetup in in, uh, Los Angeles um, to try and educate people to, um, you know, the dangers of anything else but Bitcoin. Sure. You can, there's dangers related to Bitcoin. There's nothing, Nothing is safe about the success of, of Bitcoin. Although I think it's a very high chance of success, um, but um, but the altcoins are. I I think if you study it a little bit, very clearly, um, people that are uh, scamming. Um, uh, investors that don't do their due diligence um and they use buzzwords you know each coin is either a you know a fast coin like litecoin that had like a, a faster block time or it's a privacy coin like monero or it's like oh like and then there's ethereum there's a raw computer and at the end of the day it's about raising funds and put it in the founders pockets but not really generating anything that has uh, any value and I know, you know, I'm used to getting some hate for that, but um, I, I think um, a lot of people also have been happy that that when people like me, uh, uh, you know, both me and other people have been saying this, that they have avoided uh, losing money uh, buying altcoins. coins. Um, now, when it comes to diversification, yeah, sure, I think it's a good idea to diversify, but definitely not in anything else than Bitcoin when it comes to cryptocurrency because money is a winner takes all game. And according to Gresham's law, which makes a lot of sense, uh, in the end, the strongest uh, money, the best money is the one that is the only one that has value. The rest will just be be used and used and used until you don't have it anymore because you don't want to have it. You want to keep the one in your hand uh, and your back pocket uh, that has uh, the best value. Um, so, if you want to diversify, um, uh, I would personally more consider something like uh, QQQ, which is a NASDAQ uh, ETF, um, and uh, Vanguard uh, REIT, they have a thing it's called BNQ or something, that, take a simple... So, so that's away from the crypto sphere. Like So, what I'm saying is, bottom line, I, I wouldn't touch anything else diversification-wise in... Um, uh in the cryptosphere uh, only look outside
2: um and, and Anders, you get you're stuff. spot on and as you're spot on i was just going to throw something in there while it's on top of mind so sure. i think you know to, to really sum that piece up is you know aside from the gresham's law and the fact that money is a convergent network um and that all of these other things are effectively currencies they're not equities they're none of that sort of stuff so what ends up happening is all the liquidity converges into you know the 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 asset or the good or the tool that acts as money. That's the the primary one, right? So aside from that fact, even you know even if we took that out of the equation, um, for people looking to diversify, you cannot diversify um, with assets that are all correlated in nature. Like the, the definition of diversification is to pair or to group together assets that are uncorrelated. Um, if everything moves in the same direction so all these idiots yeah. who went and um who went and diversified their crypto portfolio with crypto they didn't actually get the benefit of diversification which is lowering risk they actually increased the leverage in their portfolio so yeah, they actually, yeah. did, the yeah, actually
0: right. did the opposite yeah
2: that's a good point range they didn't do any numbers they had no idea what they were doing i wrote a big article about this um about you know why amber for example is a bitcoin only product because i always get asked that and they're like oh you know what if people want to diversify across coins i said that's just stupid you you, don't, yeah. you can't diversify across yeah. coins if if we're going to allow people to diversify it's a different asset class that does something completely unrelated to what bitcoin does
0: yeah so yeah. um i agree and um also i think um Uh, When it comes to this, uh, as Adam, you were talking about in your question about these uh, hedge funds um, or hedge fund managers or crypto fund managers, um, they created these uh, funds um, because uh, they can make good fees on splitting investments between different different, uh, cryptocurrencies. And and that's why they had to argue that it does make sense to support financially this other crap um, uh, coins out there and, um, and they've just become so hilarious uh, when they're still to this date when it's, I think, so obvious in logic that uh, these other um, blockchains um, and, 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 and coins, um, it's so obvious that they're going to end up very close to zero. And, and they still argue that, no, it, it, uh, it makes sense to diversify. And, and they attack people like us for, you know, being toxic um, because we, we call them out on their, on their scams, you know. And, but, and that's why to this day I very proudly call myself a toximalist um, because I'm a toxic maximalist. And I'm, I'm proud of it because I'm doing that for the better of people.
1: Now they Absolutely. something that you said. They have the buzzwords, though. The buzzwords lure in the eighty percenters. They're gonna always have. Well, yeah. this is the next Bitcoin. This is the fast Bitcoin. Yeah. This is the private Bitcoin. So, of course, it seems like you are diversifying into something uh, completely uh, different. But again, they are right. tor- they are totally correlated with Bitcoin. When Bitcoin goes up, it brings all the rest of them up. When Bitcoin goes down. It's 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 silly to me at this point, but again, there's a lot of newbies that have yet to get into the space that are yeah. that are going to that that are that are used to diversifying. You know, they they that's how they were taught to invest, and they think these these things are actually different. Now we're, we're talking about different assets. Something else that's been in the news this week is gold, of course. Uh, or the last two weeks, to tell you the truth, uh, gold has ha, has been going up, and so I guess uh. And uh, well, not Anders, uh Alex. What's what's your thought on gold?
2: Look, it's still it's one of the uh, you know you just said eighty percent is right. So yeah. m- most people are going to be still, m- most people still perceive gold as the safe haven asset, right? And at some point in time, the um, th- th- this is this is a multi generational shift to to really you know start viewing bitcoin as that safe asset. So I know there's a lot of talk these days about you know is bitcoin becoming a safe haven asset. And and I don't know like I'm I'm skeptical that it is becoming a safe haven asset at this point in time. Um you know from a viewing it uh broadly speaking like I I don't think most people will still view bitcoin as a as a safe haven asset at this point in time. I still think it's um more considered a speculative asset amongst people. But where I'm going with that is that the investment opportunity for Bitcoin whilst there might be a bit of a flavor of safe haven I think the the bigger investment opportunity is that it's an emergent asset class um, not not just the safe haven today Where, whereas gold is it's not an emergent asset class gold emerged over the last five thousand years so gold's that boring safe haven asset that um, you know that people will you know go to when they think that shit's hitting the fan around the world and I mean we're, we're seeing that Right, we, yeah, Hong Kong, you, you name it, you can basically point to just about any continent now, and there's a big drama going on, um, and people are wondering what the hell to do. So, you know, the US dollar, because it's still, you know, again, money has this convergent network effect, the US dollar is still considered as a safe haven asset. So, you know, capital's flowing in there. People are also, you know, thinking maybe I should buy some gold. You know, you see silver rallying as well. And you know maybe a small percentage of people are starting to view um, Bitcoin as a um, as a safe haven asset, so they're putting some capital there, and that might be part of the driver. But again, you, you invest in Bitcoin for a very different reason: is because it's an emergent uh, safe haven asset um, versus an established safe haven asset where gold is. All right, Anders, I know
1: you're yeah. going to have a, you're going to have yeah. some
2: stuff to say about what he just said: safe haven
0: asset. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to continue on that. I think. Um, I think Alex is is right about that. That Bitcoin is still emerging. Um, gold is seen as safe haven by people because, well, by all the people who haven't, um, you know, gotten think full of Bitcoin out yet, <laughs> and Bitcoin yet, they still see it as safe haven. Like right now, personally, I would see gold as extremely unsafe haven because I would feel that within the next five to eight, maybe 10 years, there's going to be a, a switch between the valuations of those two. So I wouldn't feel safe at all in gold. Uh, it's nice and shiny, but that's not what really gives it its value, I think. So um, right now, Bitcoin is the emerging uh, asset. Uh, um, it It is, I think, because if you look at the properties all the way down, and compare gold to to Bitcoin, we we all know that that Bitcoin is a better asset in many ways—the ways that it cannot be seized, you can send it to the other uh, side of the world instantly, um, and and all these things. Um, uh, so so it, it it is a better safe haven asset. It's just still. Uh, yet an emergent safe haven asset but correct yeah it, it, it won't take uh more than eight years and and the two have swapped places in my opinion maybe gold will hold on a little bit to its value but bitcoin will be bigger than gold uh, market cap wise like,
2: yeah, yeah yeah and as i i 100% agree with you yeah, sure.
0: I'm not, yeah i'm not saying you yeah you don't but it's a,
2: it's a temporal thing you know it's it's like right now in the psyche of you know most people and where most of the capital is in the world gold is still you know that piece you know and but bitcoin is so much more superior it's not even funny there's only one yeah, element yeah. that um that gold beats bitcoin in and that is the fact that it's physical um yeah. but I'm sure we'll you know i mean you've got those what are they called um the open dimes that that's basically physical right. bitcoin <laughs> right so, right you right. Can just hand that around so and, and i think
0: that's more superior to gold as well so you know Really, but then yeah. you got to think about like if you want to go through customs in an airport, uh, oh, you got no do you want chance. Walk, do, you, do, you, do you want to walk with something physical or do you want to memorize?
2: Correct, yeah,
0: because if you just memorize your seat, you can carry 500 million dollars in your memory. I mean, when yeah, someone absolutely. told me that originally, yeah. I was like, I was blown away. I think that's yeah. that's pretty awesome,
2: yeah. Me, me and Gigi have talked about this a lot is that you know, Bitcoin's redefined. You know, how like redefined money, redefined location, redefined all of these things. Like, you know, when someone asks you, Where's your Bitcoin? I mean, you know, what, what, you can't answer that question. It's an right. impossible question to answer because it's not anywhere, but it's everywhere, right?
0: Yeah, so yeah it's, it's, it's on the it's, blockchain, it's on, it's, the, it's on all the nodes, uh, right? You know what? But oh. what is it? When, but, when but, someone asks you that is question, is it in your head.
1: When someone asks you that question though you've got when a normie asks you that question you've got to give them an answer that makes sense i'm just like it's on this device that's I just
2: yeah 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 yeah. I give yeah. Well, but, yeah, but fundamentally fundamentally that is um you know it's not the case right so it's just it's just such a profound you know reinvention. Um, it's it's a profound reinvention it's a profound change in the way we understand money you know it's like when you hold gold it's here it's now you know you can identify the location you know what it is but you know bitcoin's so much more powerful in that sense because it is so much more meta and um and yeah so so 100 this is this is an emergent uh monetary asset that is superior in every form than anything that we've ever had and you know the benefit that we have now and this is sort of what i tell people you know, buy, buying Bitcoin now is kind of like being that caveman 5,000 years ago when everyone was still using shells and, and rocks and stuff like that. And, you know, you were trading your shells and rocks with these other people who found this yellow shiny rock. And they thought the yellow shiny rock was useless because everybody else was using shells and stones and crap. So they were sure. like, oh, yeah, I'll give you this rock and give me the, give me the shells. And some dude was smart enough to, to collect as much of this yellow shiny rock as possible. And what ended up happening was it emerged as the, the best uh, object or the best tool that we could collectively as a society use as money. Um, and now here we are with a, um, with a much better you know, 2.0, um, yeah. you know, yeah. like a real zero to one innovation on that. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, th- th- this is where the game is at. This is absolutely where the game is at.
0: What would you like to, if I can say just uh, something in extension of that, what, what I like um, to, to, to say or look at when I um, look at, you know, compare different monies, like we came from the shells and the stones and, and then came to gold and now to um, Bitcoin. There's, there's a couple of properties uh, yeah. that, uh, that money has and Bitcoin has infinite maximum them. value on all of them. Like There's not one where, and yes, okay, privacy is maybe not there 100% yet, but, uh, well, if you use Wasabi wallet with CoinJoin, and then there's the other thing as well, you can use, I don't recall the name of that. You can actually already now create some privacy, but uh, when you go through that, so actually all the way through, like traditional money properties, Bitcoin has maximum uh, value, and nothing else has that. That has the network effect and security, safety, and scarcity, which is 100% cap again that Bitcoin has, and at the same time it's unconfiscatable and um, it's censorship resistant. So it's you can't make a better money than Bitcoin. Yeah, correct, correct,
2: correct. Um, the, let, I mean, let's just for the for the listeners, let's um, let's list those attributes. So, yeah. so so money performs three functions. It, money should perform. First and foremost, be a store of value, then it evolves into a medium of exchange and then it becomes a unit of account so that 's sort of the life cycle yeah. of money that 's the functions it performs but for for a money to perform those functions, it needs certain attributes so it needs to be um, it needs to be durable, it needs to be divisible, it needs to be portable, it needs to be um, homogeneous, meaning it needs to be the same it needs to be recognizable it needs to be scarce so so they're sort of the attributes that and ideal money has and yeah like exactly. you said bitcoin is a 10 out of 10 on all of those whereas everything else is some sort of scale on mm-hmm. that um and i mean you know we've got 10 out of 10
0: <laughs> yeah know, like
2: you're not gonna beat that then,
0: then what the thing you can say that it, like let's say if you're a litecoin fan and you go but yeah litecoin is like we, we copied the code like it's exactly the same like okay small tweaks so It's kind of also 10 out of 10, but here's a very important difference, and that is the network effect that Bitcoin already has that Litecoin just never even has been close to, and that's why you can forget it. Like, you cannot take over something that has 10 out of 10 all the way down with, uh, like, 1% of the users. You can. Correct. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah. You have to bring something to the table. That is an order of magnitude better. You better, can yeah. get an order of magnitude better when you're infinite value all the way down on portable, durable, divisible, fungible, uh, et cetera.
2: Spot on, spot on, yes. Yeah. So we had a zero to one innovation to get here. And now that like, at least, and this is sort of what I tell people, I go, there will not be, I mean, I don't know whether in 500 years we come up with something better. I doubt it, but you know, maybe sometime in the next millennium or two or whatever, you know, if we don't blow ourselves up, we may come up with something better. But as far as I understand, converting energy to you know, a, a, you know, digital immutability and digital scarcity, that gives you, you know, the, the maximum you can get on all of those and is coupled with this immaculate conception that Bitcoin is, like it's this thing that is complex and has you know, grown in the market exactly the way it needed to, your generation, my generation, no other generation, at least for the next five, 10, 15, 20, 100 generations, is going to come up with something better. Um, I thought so, so,
0: the same, and that's why I can say, pound that like button <laughs> My fellow cavemen, because we were talking about cavemen before. Pound that like button.
1: You guys that are watching this, my elite friends I forgot to say hello to all you, but man this has been a elite show so far. I, I want to bring Alex before the show. You at, we, well, I think it was yesterday. Uh, we're talking about uh, Bitcoin being the contrarian bet. I think this is uh, a nice time to uh, bring up what you meant by that.
2: Well, I'm, I'm writing an article at the moment, which is, um, it's called 10 Years On and Bitcoin is Still the Contrarian Bet. Like if if we, you know, if Bitcoin was supposedly some sort of startup, right? Um, you know, it like when, when investors or VCs or, you know, people in the marketplace generally go and look at startups, they're like, Oh, look at this amazing startup. It's been around for this long. It's gotten through these challenges. It has all of these evangelists around it, like raving fan customers. Like you look at all of those things. Um, and in a normal mental framework, in a normal mental model, people would think that Bitcoin is the greatest success in history, but the general view of Bitcoin is like you walk around on the street and you mention the word Bitcoin to people and we do this a lot because of the you know the kind of product that we have. People think it's dead. People think it's, you know, it's, it's you know, that there's still this idea that it's a scam or a Ponzi or that it died or oh, didn't Bitcoin crash? Isn't it back to zero? Like it's still the general consensus amongst people is that this thing is gone. When in reality, when you look at the facts, it is, you know, if you wanted to, to put it in the mental model or in the framework of startups or anything else other than something as contentious as the creation of a new money, um, Bitcoin is like a, the greatest success we've ever seen. You know, I, I don't know of any product that's got raving lunatics like us jumping up and down on YouTube, telling people to bash like buttons and you know, warring with each other on Twitter and all that. I mean, imagine if a product had that kind of um, consumer base it'll be the greatest product in the world. You know, the closest thing I can think of is Apple, but I can guarantee you, you know, people are willing to die for Bitcoin, not willing to die for Apple. So like this is this is the one of the strongest stories I've ever seen. And again, you know, it's still the contrarian bet because people, um, there's this broad consensus, like I said earlier, that it's dead or that it's, you know, scam or, or whatever. Now, what that means is, the upside potential is still extraordinary. Whilst it is the contrarian bet, it is extraordinary. And I I put a tweet up a couple of weeks ago, um, which sort of said that, you know, one of Bitcoin's greatest advantages is that so many people still hate it and will hate it for a while to come, which keeps it the contrarian bet. And that is where the upside is. that. So what I'm referring to there is when Bitcoin becomes the thing that everyone wants or that everyone is already holding and that everybody um, already agrees is the thing that we're all using, it is no longer the contrarian bet. But at that point in time, it's no longer the thing you're buying for, um, for the purpose of you know increasing your net worth or whatever. It, it's not the Bitcoin has evolved from being this emergent store of value or this emergent monetary unit to being an established safe haven monetary um, asset. So th- this this whole life cycle thing is really important. And right now, it is the contrarian bet because of the point in time where it's at. And it's just to see um, how something so successful can still be a contrarian bet. It's, it's just fucking phenomenal. And, and, I, and I love that.
1: Wow. Pound that like button, people. That is that is inside. We've got the insider information. You really put it out there nicely, Alex. Uh, Anders, what's your what's your thoughts on
0: on the? Um, uh, oh, I mean,
1: anything to reply to, to what Alex just uh, pointed out there about uh, about the you know that you go out in the world today and most people think it's failed. It's but true. Th- then it's, you've got it's, to- it's true. That-
0: yeah, it's, it's true that it's, um, it's actually amazing that 10 and a half years on, something that is so, I think, uh, logically um, fantastic idea um, still has not been accepted by each and every seven billion people or how many we are on earth. Because it makes so much sense and it's actually not so um, difficult to understand if you um, if you opened your mind but the problem is that um, the, the, the teachings we have um, from society from school from mass media from uh, like unaudited uh, federal reserves that are teaching us another thing of course that that has given people um, a point of view where it takes longer time to get them to open their mind and uh, smell the roses or you know, see, see how, how simple and logic it actually is that Bitcoin is just a better mind. And, and, and But that's uh, where the
2: advantage lies for people like us, right? So, oh, so yeah, you know, sure. I, I have a saying in life. Yeah, I have a saying in life, which is if you wanna win, be the contrarian. Don't run with the crowd. And I love, and this is why I love Bitcoin so much is because I'm, I'm fundamentally a contrarian. I've always been one in my life. I always do the opposite of what people tell me, all that sort of stuff. And I, I mean, I sometimes take, take things to an extreme, but I love Bitcoin so much because if you go in the, you know, in, in the normal world, Bitcoin is the contrarian bet. Everyone thinks it's dead in the finance world. Everyone thinks it's our, you know, it's bull crap. You know, we've got a financial system ready. You go into the blockchain world. They all think it's crap because they're more interested in their bullshit yeah, blockchains. Yeah. You go in the altcoin world, you know, the Ethereum guys, they think they're the real deal. So all the shitcoins think that yeah. it's, you know, crap. Everybody, yeah. like, all of yeah. these groups all think that it's, it's the one that's missing. And, you know, for those who are, who can, and, and there's, there's a distinction uh, between being contrarian and being stupid um, and, and that is taking um, d- doing an analysis from first principles. So when we look at Bitcoin, you and I don't just magically believe in it because we also believe in unicorns and you know, fairy dust. We, we have actual facts and we have first mm-hmm. principles that guide why we understand Bitcoin the way we do. Mm-hmm. So when you find something where the first principles add up and you have a consistent, strong, applicable narrative, and everybody else is thinking the opposite, you have the greatest opportunity mm. um, for upside yeah. possible. And, yeah. and that's why, you know, I, it, you you know, know, what,
0: Alex, it reminds me of, um, I, I started uh, investing just uh, a little bit when I was from when I was 12 years old. Um, I bought my first uh, stock, and um, and people mostly said you should go and talk to the you know advisor in the bank which stock to buy. Mm. But I'm like, if, whatever advice I'm gonna get there, um, ever everyone else got it first but- before. Yeah, yeah. that that's i'm just i'll be going with the flow and i'll be you know seven steps behind them that's not going to be advantageous you gotta do your own uh, analysis and and your own thinking and find out what's a winner and what's not a winner and i think um, i mean i personally started believing in internet in like 95 90 yeah i think 95 um, i started an internet company in in 96, and um, uh, it, it was the same situation as now that, you know, people didn't believe in the internet in the 90s, like a lot of people, some people did, but a lot didn't, um, because why, why would we need a news website, because we still we have newspapers, I'm never, you know, I'm just going to read my newspaper, why would I ever go to a website for news, um, well, you will read your newspaper if you want yesterday's news, and the website is, is for today's news, so what am I trying to say with that? Um, yeah, I, th- I think what's important, what I'm, o- what I've always tried to do um, and what comes natural to me is if something new comes along, look at the properties of that thing, like analyze it and totally um, ignore the fact that it has zero point zero 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 one market share at this point in time, only look at how great it is. And if it is like orders of magnitudes better than what is now, it doesn't matter if it hasn't taken over the world yet, then it will highly likely unless there's something, you know, structurally in the way of that happening. Um, and um, and that's where I think the 80s, 80% as as uh, Adam speaks a lot about and which is totally true, I, I, I agree with you. Um, they tend to not believe in something becoming successful until it actually has become actually, successful, yeah, exactly, which yeah. is going along the, the the thoughts you have with the contrarian bet there, I think. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Um, fitting fitting you know, in is point overrated. Point fitting in is overrated, as I say.
0: Sorry? I said, yeah, fitting in, totally, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, well,
1: let's, uh, I want to, I want to talk about something that involves 80 percenters. something they don't have low time preference as a way of life. Alex.
2: Yes. Um, I was, uh, I was catching up with a friend over the weekend and we're just having a conversation. So she's sort of like, uh, she's interested in, you know, the, the environmental movement and, you know, being ecological and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I I could sense smart girl, but, um, I could sense undertones of things like, ah, you know, um, you know, the, it's the corporations and all that sort of stuff that are screwing up the environment, you know, and and she sort of almost said like the corporate capitalist sort of structure. And and I had to correct her. I was like, look, it's got nothing to do with, um, with capitalism. Um, it's got everything to do with the, the time preference that society has, uh, at the moment. Um, Capitalism, at its at its core, is actually the closest system we have to something that is natural, um, because capitalism, you know, optimizes for uh, power laws. Uh, capitalism optimizes for production, for value, for input, for work. Um, whereas the crony capitalism system that we have at the moment optimizes for, you know, when you're at the top, you know, you don't stay at the top by innovating or adding more value. You stay at the top by regulating and getting into you know, powwows with your mates so that way you can put roadblocks in front of you know, those that are potentially better than you. So what, what I sort of explained to her was what Bitcoin gives us and, and why, again, it's such a contrarian view to everything that we have in the world today is Bitcoin optimizes for a, more, for, for a lower time preference type of lifestyle or a lower time preference type of economic system because your wealth and the purchasing power of that wealth, you know, at a point in time will become fixed. You know, the, the work you put in um, is measured in this unit and that unit is fixed in society. Um, now, yes, you know, there might be fluctuations and stuff like that, but broadly speaking, so what I'm talking about is, you know, at the point of hyper or, you know, where, where Bitcoin is the, you know, the, the, the network upon which, you know, we're all sort of operating in. At that point in time, when you don't have to, um, I'll explain it this way. At the moment, we have um, the the monetary system or the economic system is designed so that you're incentivized to go and spend as much as you can and to chase yield in every single way that you can because your wealth is depreciating by about 50% every 10 years. So what you inherently get is a system or a model where, consumerism is optimized or is, is, incentivized. People just go and spend all the money they have because you know, that they they're incentivized to consume um, because of inflation and because they you know, their, their wealth is depreciating. Um, and then those who may not want to consume um, instead of producing, you know, what they're going out and doing is they're going investing money blindly into anything that they can possibly invest in chasing yield in places where you wouldn't normally chase yield and we see malinvestment, we see stupidity, we see all of these zombie corporations, you know, growing around the world. We see, you know, ghost cities, like we see in China, we see all of these distortions in an economy because we're incentivized to have a high time preference. We're incentivizing, we are incentivizing now over the future. Whereas if you can swap that around with something like Bitcoin, where you actually fix, the, um the, the unit through which we measure people's value input, i.e. the money um, you create a society where that incentive doesn't exist anymore. So those who want to store their wealth, they don't have to chase yield anymore. They can store their wealth. Those that want to work and have input, guess what? Now you don't have to go and blindly spend all your money. You can optimize and you can buy what you want, what you need primarily first. Um, so it's, it's a, you know, the way I look at economics, it's, you know, it's just a fractal of biology. It's a fractal of physics. Everything, you know, functions on incentives. Um, you know, a physical system is something that um, has inputs and outputs. And, you know, like the, the best analogy I give to people is more a biological um, example is um, the incentive mechanism for life is pain and pleasure. You know, you, you, you do things, You you get pleasure, you do more of those, you do things, you get pain, you get, um, you know, you do less of those and we start to optimize and grow around that. An incentive, an economic system is uh, very similar is that the incentive and the disincentive is like uh, pain and pleasure, pleasure and pain. And um, what ends up happening is the, the way you set the framework up, then takes us down a path. And in the beginning, it might not seem too bad but you take that out, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, hundred years, 200 years. Here we are now where we're all blind consumers and we've built all of this, you know, financial so-called infrastructure where, you know, for, for the average mum and dad, like I was catching up with my mom and having um, uh, breakfast two weeks ago. And she's like, she's panicking. She's like, you know, I've saved up all this money. I've, you know, been working. I don't know. Uh, should we put it in a property? Should we go on the stock market? Everything's, you know, going up and down. We don't know what to do. And I'm like, man, that is so messed up. Like the fact that people don't know where to store their wealth because they're too scared to keep it in a bank. They don't want it to devalue. They're scared of negative interest rates. They're scared of assets because they've been overhyped. Like the world's gone mad. And, and that is all as a result of this high time preference, this now, 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 at the expense of the future. So to loop this all back um, with this girl who was a bit more of an environmentalist, then what I sort of explained to her is that, the way to fix a lot of these problems of, you know, uh, crazy, um, you know, shit that's happening with the environment. Like where we don't care about the future of that is to adjust at the core, the time preference for society. And when we have a lower time preference, we will do things that are more ecologically, um, sensical, um, instead of nonsensical, because we are all collectively converging towards a, um, you know, a bias that is long-term as opposed to short-term. So, anyway.
1: uh, You know what, though? I think yeah. the buy, buy, buy hyper-consumerism is just too tempting. I think the 80 percenters will always be that way and that low, low-time preference isn't going to be their thing. But, Anders, what do you have to say?
0: Yeah, uh, well, I, I think that, uh, well, Adam, that um, once Bitcoin, which is what I believe happens within, within years, Uh, takes over as the money that everybody has around the world. It will be the the, the world reserve currency and, and general consumer money, call it what you will. Um, It because it's deflationary, it, it will teach everyone, including the 80% as they will see how, if they wait one month buying that thing, it's become cheaper. Um, they will see if they wait one year, actually their money has become even that much more worth. And the reason that happens is that, um, you know, you have this much money in the world, which is the 21 million bitcoins, then you have this much GDP. Uh, The money doesn't rise, but GDP, you know, production of goods and services keep rising. And that's why the value of the money uh, keeps going up because each unit can buy more, of all the production that's that's what's meant by the deflationary and uh i have no doubt that this is such a strong um mechanism that it will change people from high time preference to uh, low time preference will be going from a uh, consumer society to a saving society um I, I think it can actually be productive
2: productive i think that so what we what we what we evolve, what we move away from is we that kind of a model optimizes production as opposed to consumption um and and that that's the important thing right. because because what you want to do in that type of a environment is you want to acquire more wealth um, because your yeah, wealth yeah. is going to you know appreciate so so what you want to do is you want to produce more you want to be a better producer you want to you yeah. know you want to add more value you want to put more input into society and and that 's a strong fundamental incentive of that system so yeah hundred percent I,
0: I think it will um where today we think it 's a you know the the chance of saving your way to you know financial independence at retirement like that you can actually be uh you know retire on the savings you did throughout your life it's Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty much a joke today it's non-existent but again become very much uh possible even for you know lower middle class and to some extent poor people as long you know if you can keep your spending uh at a low enough level then um that deflationary effect your money has, the, the way that they become worth more, even for someone who doesn't make that much money, you know, give it five years, give it 10 years, 15, 20 years, you know, people will learn that they through being, you know, saving instead of spending, that can really accelerate and they can become financially independent.
1: Uh, I want. I want to say. what ask uh, Alex one question here. You brought up Should. the word uh, hyper-Bitcoinization and Anders yeah. is a big believer in that. Are you a big mm-hmm. believer in that too?
2: Um, I'm. Okay, there's two parts to that question. I guess is number one is a time frame question. Um, you know, I'm. I, I don't think. I personally don't believe ten years is um, realistic. I personally think it's going to take a hell of a lot longer because I just think that um, this is a this is a multi generational shift. Um, then, secondly, I don't know whether we end up in a world where, you know, it is just Bitcoin. I, I actually think we're more likely to head in a world where we've got parallel economic systems functioning. Um, you know, where where um, you know you've got i kind of call it the four that i kind of say is you're gonna have us slash nsa you'll have you know the chinese social credit system you'll have uh libra and Zuckbucks, and you'll have the one um free society that you know runs on bitcoin now you know long term what does that look like you know will the people from the others jump ship you know and come across to bitcoin maybe but maybe they'll be stuck in their own matrix they'll be too deep in their own matrix that, um, that they won't jump, you know, we'll have this parallel system. So I feel like that's the more pragmatic um, and realistic approach, um, but I knows? think,
0: Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be, um, although I can hear that both of you believe in this, I think it's gonna be so obvious uh, for anyone living in any of those other systems and storing their wealth in either a Chinese currency or a US NSA, currency or Libra or whatever, that that Bitcoin is so much better because we are going to reach, um, you know, it, the knowledge and understanding of Bitcoin is spreading like uh, rings in water. And yes, we're still at a very low um, percentage of the global population, but we do have tremendous speed still when you look how much is achieved from, you know, in 2008, it was one person. And then in 2009, I don't know how many people, 10, 100, 50, maybe 20. Um, in the beginning of 2000, it's so. Uh, it goes by an order of magnitude every year, yep. Yeah, so an, an order of a magnitude every year is a lot. Um, so yeah. that means in means years from now, that means everyone in the world has yeah. the knowledge and understanding maybe yeah. there'll be some left but i mean it, all it takes is you know more than 90 percent, and then it, the effect will be so strong that um that there's no doubt i think uh in there won't be you know you can't ignore it anymore and it is it's just uh it, it's going to happen you can't fight it like fighting i think it's my opinion fighting bitcoin taking over because it's superior is like fight, fighting the gravity of a black hole. That's what I, I like to say, because that's, that's impossible. You can't fight the gravity of a black hole. And I, I don't think you can fight Bitcoin taking over. And I think it has that kind of speed, as you say. Um, and maybe it hasn't felt that like, as that much the last couple of years. But since we're getting to a size now in amount of people, um, you know having that speed now, it really starts sticking up
2: yeah look I, I I agree to the extent that you know i've i 've called bitcoin a black hole many times um, you know it 's just something that sucks liquidity, it sucks up capital, it sucks interest, it sucks your whole bloody life up yeah, it <laughs> it's does. um you know, it's my it's my personal black hole. <laughs> here, yeah. here I am. It's 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 technically my birthday today, and I'm in the office at 6:30 p.m. and I have got another podcast after this. So literally, this is all I do. <laughs> and
0: um, I'm, I'm sitting here Thursday, uh, thirty minutes past midnight. Now it's like one and a half hours past midnight. Yeah. yeah
2: so it's I'm
0: um, loving it. Exactly. So so I I I 100 agree with you. I just feel
2: like the the existing system. I just don't think it's going to be that clean. I think the process is going to be um, far more protruded. So even if we do end up with some form of hyper Bitcoinization where everybody is on a Bitcoin type standard, I, I think that is probably even further, further, further away. I think the the Bitcoin economic system can probably sustain itself on, you know, and I'm just pulling numbers out of my butt here, but you know, half a billion or a billion people and it can be a parallel functional economic system mm-hmm. through which, you know, a subset of the population completely, you know, is able to operate on, you know, and, and they can be anywhere around the world. Um, whilst the other systems, the only way they'll survive is by literally creating firewalls and roadblocks and all of that sort of stuff around within their jurisdiction so that the people who are inside those, they just don't, you know, they don't get to peer into, um, yeah you know, there's big 20, and, and that's sort of-
0: I hear you. I, yeah. I just don't think it's, and, and I mean, yet again, just let me say this, like, um, you know, we very much agree on that's probably, you know, that's where it's going to end up, and talking about the timeline is not something um, worth maybe um, uh, discussing too hard, but I, I think that, um, but Reaching a level where say half a billion use Bitcoin and half Bitcoin, um, it, it's just going to be impossible for the, the, these other jurisdictions to, to keep Bitcoin out because it's exactly the same as um, alcohol during the 20s in U.S, uh, the prohibition. you had plenty of alcohol. Uh, the last 50 years in U.S., I don't know how many trillions of dollars have been spent on fighting drugs. All possible drugs you ever wanted has been available in the U.S. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I don't know from personal experience, but, I mean, I see movies and TV and, you know, you hear things, so, you know. I mean, it is, right? You know it's a problem. It keeps being there. Um, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Look, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. But, you know, I, I'll just always err on the side of never underestimate the, you know, the stupidity of human consensus when people are operating you know, from, a, from a place of um, you know, unfounded fear, which is where, where they've been operating for a long time. So yeah. yeah,
0: That's a good argument right there, though. I have to give you that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, dudes. Well, I, I want to say this. Remember, a lot, Anders, there are some dudes out there that are very passionate about your hyper-Bitcoinization in 10 years. Uh, and you can follow Anders. He is linked to below. So is Alex. And I want Alex to talk about one of your passions and that is Amber app. We haven't covered that yet. We got to, we got to talk about it.
2: Yeah. Well, really briefly. So again, this whole low time preference thing, um, Amber is, is a dollar cost averaging app. So you know that there's no longer an excuse for people not to buy Bitcoin when they can set an automatic purchase of $20 a week, 50 bucks a week, $5 a day. It doesn't really matter. Um, And it just accumulates Bitcoin for them. So it's actually, it's, it's a low time preference product for a low time preference money for a low time preference human being so anyone out there who's trying to you know practice becoming a more you know sensible low time preference human being um and wants to start accumulating and collecting this asset have a look at amber.app that's, that's our website you know and that's really the, the fundamental thesis behind that is just now's the time to collect bitcoin Now's the time to you know, get as much of this thing as you can because you're not going to be able to buy as much in the future. And, um, and, and that, that's basically the one thing that we all can guarantee. Like we can't, we can't guarantee the time frame. We don't know whether it's going to take 10 years, 50 years, 100 years to hyper-Bitcoinize. Um, but that, that's the trajectory. That's the trend. Um, and the one thing you know, we can all agree and say is that Bitcoin you know, in, the, in the future is going to be worth a hell of a lot more than it is now. Um, in you know dollar nominal terms so you know the best strategy is just close your eyes and just keep buying simple as that Uh,
1: one quick thing about about amber app i have many people a growing audience from australia it's only available in australia correct
2: correct it's only available in australia at the moment i'm hoping by the end of the year i'm actually i've people from South America, from uh, South Africa, like all this sort of stuff have reached out and said, look, you know, when are you launching here? Um, you know, can we partner? Can you help you and all that sort of stuff? So my plan is by the end of the year to to announce the next couple of jurisdictions that we're gonna launch in. So um, so exciting times, man. You know, coming into 2020, we're gonna be trying to get available in as many places as possible around the world.
1: All right, value your wealth in Bitcoin. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for making your, your uh, appearance uh, your return to the show, and I really do love that uh, four different parallel systems that, that you brought up. That, that I, I'm going toward that path uh, that you talked about. Now, Anders, what, what are your conclusionary thoughts here? Anything you want to bring up, talk about?
0: Well, I, 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 first of all, I want to say, I think, to Alex, that I think it's great what uh, Uh, they're doing and I I wish them a lot of success um, because it'll be good for them, it'll be good for a lot of people Uh, I believe it'll be very good for whoever actually starts using the product so um, great to to have that word spread Um, you're welcome man my pleasure Um, and then um, yeah if people want to follow me I'm on Twitter with uh, Anders you put it below Anders underscore A-N-D-E-R-S underscore and then um, I uh, recently um, I, I heard one guy from eToro was on Tone Show. I don't know if you saw that, Adam. I heard that. I know there's a lot of, you know, you can't see everything. But um, so I, th- I found that a little bit interesting. I, I started their website and, and they have something. That they're the world's leader in social investing, which means, you know, people can follow each other. So if one guy is doing really well. On um, his portfolio, then other people can say, "Okay, listen, I take a thousand dollars and copy whatever he does." Um, and uh, I, since investing is, you know, has been my passion since I was a, a child, um, I can't wait for eToro to launch um, uh, stocks as a, you know, that you can buy that in U.S. Because right now in U.S. you can't buy that. You can you can only buy uh, cryptocurrencies, and for me, only Bitcoin is interesting there. Yeah. Not, not the rest. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right, the eToro thing is very interesting because I believe I'm going to be here in Israel talking to a guy. I'm I'm, I'm the host of a fireside chat chat in September, September 10th, in a public a Tel Aviv event here in Israel. And I think I'm going to be interviewing a, a eToro guy. So this is good to know. This. Social invest that is very interesting. Thank you for, for adding that. Yeah. Uh and, and speak Alex in Australia. I'm gonna be in Australia October seventeenth until like November twenty something. So all you Australian oh, dudes, I'll, I'll be seeing you guys in person in October. Uh Alex, any conclusionary thoughts no on your part?
2: No man, look, thank you for having me on and it's a pleasure to meet you as well, man. Um you know if I'm if I'm up LA way, I'll let you know. We'll uh, we'll hook up Peace. and catch up. Uh Peace. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and then likewise, Adam, when you're down this way, bud, hit us up. I'll, I'll be I'll be a Baltic honey badger in um in September, and then I'm gonna pop over to Palm Springs for Crypto Springs. Actually, Anders, are you coming to Crypto Springs or not? That, that that could be a good
0: idea. It's not too far from here. Um, yeah, yeah, when like when cool. is that?
2: That's um end of September, man. So that's around the corner from you. End of September, you should you should come along.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. So. Um Whoever has some uh, info on uh, tickets and locations, et cetera. Yeah, oh. just chuck in,
2: type in CryptoSprings.com, I think, man, and just jump yeah. in there. And, and,
0: and you're and right. Just search for it. Why not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys, guys are see- you're really seeing good it live. Interview. You're seeing yeah. it
1: live. These dudes are in motion. You can meet them in person in Southern California, wherever. All right. This is great stuff. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Adam?
0: Yes. Adam, yeah, I just also want to say thank you for, for having me on. I really appreciate it. I don't think I uh, said that before. Well, thank but, thank yeah, you yeah. guys
1: for me. I, and again, this—you know—this is real. When you are up at one in the morning, or when it, all of us are up at one in the morning with this stuff at times, doing interviews, doing weird things, doing blog posts. This is real. This is the future. And as Alex pointed out earlier, it is amazing that on the street people think this is dead. We've got the insider infor- When you watch a show like this, you get the insider information, knowing that this thing is huge. Like. Apple would kill to have fans like this, to have passionate people like this, and that—that—that's definitely saying a lot. So uh, this is, just, and this is just the beginning, people. Just the beginning. So on that positive note, I am Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Subscribe to the channel, like the video, share this video, pound that like button, bang that bell button. We do this uh, this week at Bitcoin every single Friday. I do a new show every single day. Saturday is Beyond Bitcoin Show. I've got the conviction. This is The System, a new show every day. Thank you very much, everyone. Again, Shabbat Shalom. Uh, We will see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.